Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. Our special guest today is Kevin Smullen, all the way from the US. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Sure. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, let me tell you all a bit about Kevin. So Kevin is the founder of 2Q Lead Generation Strategies. And what that is, is it helps mainly, or I mix, I could be wrong, we're going to talk about this, but it helps mainly frustrated real estate agents by showing them how to implement a business strategy that will double their business in 12 months. That's correct. Yeah. So, and just tell you a bit about Kevin and uh, he's, he's been a marketing coach for 15 years. He's founded two successful coaching businesses, trained thousands of people and helped people to make millions of dollars. So I know, in, I know we're going to learn a lot from Kevin, even if you're a real, not a real estate agent, I'm sure the things that Kevin's going to share is going to apply to your business. So thanks so much again for being with us, Kevin. So, but before we go into the marketing strategies that you can share to help businesses with their lead generation what i always like to do kevin is find out about the person who is kevin smullen so if if tell us as much or as little as you want about your growing up so where, where you grew up influences when you were young why sort of how you led to what you're doing things that might have specifically shaped the direction you've taken yeah, no, great question. Um, so growing up, you know, I grew up in uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah. So for your American listeners, they'll probably know where that's at. Really, I, I came from two parents who my father was very much a white collar worker. He worked for a company for 20 years. It was kind of the mentality of work for a company for a long time. They'll take care of you, retire and, and live the good life. And and that was really kind of the way my, my father operated. And shortly thereafter, he found himself downsized. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so he couldn't find another job in, in the field that he was in. So he was an aerospace engineer. So he decided to go out and, and start his own company. And uh, it failed. He and, he and my mom, they, they really, really struggled with that. And he never really quite figured it out. And so that's part and, of sorry, what... Sorry, was that... No, you're fine. Uh, yeah, that, this company, was it something related to what he was doing in his expertise? Or was it just something totally different? Yeah, something totally different. I'm, right. I'm not exactly yeah. sure why he decided to, but he got into the business of mergers and acquisitions of businesses. Okay. And, yeah, that and is very different. He, yeah. yeah, he yeah. did okay, but it was, was certainly out of his expertise. And they, didn't, they never really hit the level that they wanted to hit is the bottom line. So that was kind of the, the that was really my background growing up and, and what I saw. And I realized how, you know, at that point, it was it was one of those moments where, you start thinking, hmm, I wonder what he was missing that kept them from being more successful. And and at the time, I was still young enough that I didn't care yet. <laughs> um, but uh, that changed over the next few years when when I started when I started entering the adult world myself. So, and that should be the adult world of working, not other kinds of adult worlds. So, and uh, my father had a similar experience. He's always been a painter for years, for for decades. He was doing painting, and then when my parents got divorced, and he had to, he had a business with his brothers. He left that business, I think, mainly because of the divorce and the you know the financial implications of all that kind of things. Sure. And he went into a totally different business. Uh, he 
bought a cake shop, so pastries and cakes. And it was a bad time of, of the economy too, I must say. This is around 1986, 87 to 19, not about 1991, he had it. And it was around that time there was a recession, I think. People just stopped buying luxuries like cakes. So <laughs> that didn't help. I'm not blaming the recession. I think definitely, I think, because he went from something that he'd been doing for, for a long time, bought his own business, and running a business, especially your own business, so trying to do the day-to-day stuff like making the cakes and all that, all that's involved with that, and trying to get customers and learning marketing, it's, it's really tough. It's really it tough to, to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what did you do when you, so you finished high school, what did you decide to do after that? So uh, finished high school, uh, you know, if, if you're familiar with uh, culture in Salt Lake City, the, you know, the, the Mormon church is quite big. And so one of the things that uh, kids often do is they go serve a, a two-year uh, voluntary mission. So I did that. Uh, I went to Paris, France. That's why I speak French. And so it was, it was mostly when I got home and started thinking about, okay, now that I'm home, I'm 21 years old. You know, what do I, what do I want to do with my life and what am I going to be? That's really where my story kind of took root and how I came to the point where I am right now. So as a 21 year old kid, I was looking around, the real estate economy was really strong. It was something I I really liked. And so I figured, okay, the way I'm going to make my millions in this life is I'm going to go get my real estate license. I'm going to sell all this property and make all this money and life's going to be really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm a 21 year old kid. What do I know? I'm pretty naive about things. I was really just believing that people were going to do business with me because I had a real estate license. I figured that's just Mm -hmm. the way that it worked. Yeah. And uh, if, if anybody's been in that industry, they're probably laughing right now because they, <laughs> they know that's not the case. Right. Um, so in real estate school, they don't teach you how to get new business. Um, it's all the laws and rules and regulations just so you don't get in trouble. And so I found myself graduating from real estate school, getting my license, and then looking around wondering where the business was. And so in the real estate world, if you're struggling, the person you're supposed to go talk to is your broker, who's the, the office manager, so to speak. And one of his, you know, one of his or her responsibilities is, is training new agents. So I went to him and, and I said, well, what do I need to do to get business? And he said, okay, Kevin, there's three things you need to do. So he said, first of all, you need to get a list of, uh, it's called for sell by owners, people that are trying to sell their home on their own. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to call them and convince them as to why they need to sell with an agent. So he said, here's a script, start calling them. That's the first thing you need to do. I said, okay. He said, the second thing you need to do is get a list of expired listings. So when people sell their home, they're signing a contract that it's for sale for a certain period of time. And if it doesn't sell during that period of time, that's what they call an expired listing, Mm -hmm. right? And so the thought process is, well, that agent didn't know how to market the property. So I'm going to step in and be their their knight in shining armor and I'm going to get that outcome that they wanted. So he said, you need to call those people. Here's another script for those people. And then the third thing was, he said, you need to call your, your friends, your family in the industry, they call it your sphere of influence, people that you're connected to socially, but you've never done business with those people. And so he said, here's script for that. And so not knowing any better, I just simply followed directions. And so I started calling all these for sale by owners, all these expired listings. And, 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 after- and, and sorry, and this, no, you're fine. So your, your mentor or your broker, broker, how were they doing with their business? Were they having a lot of success? Were they doing well? 
Posting. Well, yeah, but most brokers don't do production, meaning they've hit a certain point in their career where they've transitioned out of doing sales and it's more about management and training. Yeah. So that's where he was. He's, he had been in the business for like 30 plus years. Mm. So he had been around and, and seen some things, but that's what he trained me to do. And probably yeah. that's what somebody trained him to do. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, and it does change a lot over the years too. the, I mean, some basic fundamental sales strategies, you know, work regardless, but <laughs> But, um, yeah, it does change anyway, environment. Yeah, and it was just, I mean, honestly, with these people, it was just a bunch of cold calls. They had no idea who I was. They didn't, they didn't even want me to call. I'm just trying to get business, right? Mm. So, I, I, you know, after hundreds of hours of being on the phone, thousands of phone calls, all I really got was more frustrated, more rejection, and more discouraged. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it wasn't really a viable source of business. You know, what I found in calling is that's what all the other agents were doing. And so the question came up, how's a 21-year-old kid with no experience in the industry, how am I going to compete with all these other people that are calling? And honestly, yeah. I never found an answer to that question. <laughs> so I thought for sure, you know, my friends, my family, that was going to be the way that I was going to generate business. So like I was told, I started calling them and all they really said was, you know, Kevin, didn't you just get into real estate? Call us back when you know what you're doing. <laughs> and so even the people that I thought yeah. would be most inclined to do business with me, they, they didn't want to. And so mm -hmm. what I found was, you know, in, in my industry in real estate, there's a statistic that says 87% of agents will fail and be out of the business the first couple of years. And that's, that's exactly what happened to me. I was one of that 87%. I lasted a little less than two years, but I'm an extremely competitive person. And so that failure is really what prompted me to, to go on the journey that I did. I, I literally spent the next 15 years studying everything I could about marketing, about lead generation, about business development, mostly because I wanted to learn how to solve that problem for myself. And then once, what I found was once I learned how to solve it and I started implementing that in my business, my business was doubling every 12 months just like clockwork. I started teaching that same system to other people. Their business started doing the exact same thing. And, and so that's really how this came to be was it was just someone looking to solve their own problem and realizing a lot of people had that same problem. Excellent. No, that's excellent. Uh, and I was reading on your website. So you, you worked, you went uh, after those two years in real estate, you went and worked uh, with the company in doing marketing. Is that correct? Yeah. So the first yep. job I took once I failed in real estate and, and it's really where I got a lot of my roots in marketing and, and business development. Uh, I went and worked for a company that did um, marketing consulting for stockbrokers and financial planners. And their promise was, is that in two years they could show people how to either double their production or they could show them how to keep their production level and work half as much. So I went and worked for that company and, and that's where I started learning a lot of the skills that, uh, I mean, it's, it's just blossomed and grown from there, but that's where I got my foundation and my base. When did you decide to go out on your own? Because the, the business you have now where you help real estate agents, 2Q lead generation strategies, mm -hmm. was that a gradual thing or did you sort of, did you leave working as a consultant, marketing consultant? How did it all come about? Yeah, so I was working as, a, as an employee for other companies probably for about 10, 11 years. And, and I just got tired of, of watching people. And, and in my opinion, they were screwing things up. <laughs> and uh, I learned I'm not very employable. I really like to do things my own way. <laughs> uh, maybe that resonates with some of your listeners. But I just realized I'm not a very good employee. I have my own vision, my own things I want to accomplish. And so, yeah, about five years ago, that's when I decided to make the jump and be self-employed and have been ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
how did you come up with the name 2Q Lead Generation Strategies? I'm guessing it stands for two questions and that, that's kind of an approach that you use? Yeah, pretty close. Um, it's really the two cues that most businesses struggle with and that is increasing the quality of their leads and increasing the quantity of their leads. So that's really what the two cues are is quality and quantity. One of the things that you help businesses is to understand how to stand out from their competition. So what yes. is... and. Or actually, before we even talk about that, Kevin, when you when someone approaches you mm-hmm. to help them with their lead generation, yeah, what do you find are the most common mistakes that businesses are making? What's the low hanging fruit? So when you when they ask you to work with them, what do you find when you start working with businesses that you look at first because they're usually not doing that or they need to tweak that thing? <laughs> Yeah, that one's really easy. Um, Most people, their biggest failure and challenge is the way that they market and promote their business. They're they're far too generic and their message means absolutely nothing to their potential customers. So um, like, for example, even just something as simple as the answer to the question, what do you do for work? I mean, that's a question that no matter what you do for work, that people ask you that question all the time, right? And, and somehow, somewhere, we've been programmed that our answer to that question is, is our title or our profession or the industry that we work in. And so, uh, again, I do a lot of work in the real estate industry because that's the industry I know what I know the most. But in that industry, if you ask a realtor what they do for work, they're going to say, I'm a real estate agent or I'm a realtor or the advanced version is I help people buy and sell houses, right? I mean, that's just the advanced version. And, and so mm-hmm. the problem is, is when they promote themselves that way, when someone here, you know, when their potential customers hear that, what's going on in their head and what comes out of their mouth is, oh, okay, cool, right? And oh, okay, cool is code for, I know five other people who do the same thing and I'm probably related to one of them, <laughs> right? And yeah. so mentally, oh, okay, cool means you just got lumped in with everybody else. And, and yeah. that's one of the fastest ways that they lose business. So one of the pieces of lowest hanging fruit for, you know, and this is true really for most businesses because most businesses are guilty of this, but they're horrible in the way that they promote what they do. So what I teach them to do is I call it a market domination statement. It's the way that they dominate a certain market. My definition of marketing is this. It's finding a limited market and seeking to dominate it totally. One of the fastest ways that businesses fail is they try to be everything for everybody. And what happens in the process is they end up failing because they end up being nothing for no one. That's the irony of it. So when, when my customers are promoting themselves, they, they want to be very generic because the, the thought process is if I cast a, uh, you know, a really yeah. wide net, I'm going to catch a lot of people. Mm. And, and what actually happens is the opposite. So if the easiest, lowest hanging fruit is the way that they promote themselves. So as an example, instead of saying I'm a realtor, what if they answered like this? You know, um, I work with first-time home buyers who don't have the money for the down payment, and I show them five ways of overcoming the down payment so they can buy a home today and stop wasting money on rent. Yeah, excellent. And so, see, if they introduce themselves like that, normally one of two things will happen. Either, number one, the person that they're talking with is part of that niche, part of that group that they're trying to go after, and that's probably a problem that they're facing, right? And so, a, a response will often be something like, well, well, I need help with that. How do you do that? And, and that's mm-hmm. where a lead or a new prospect is created, right? The second thing that happens if they're not part of that niche is that person, um, because they've been so specific about who they work with and what they're doing, 
that person's brain starts filtering to people that meet that description, right? Yes. And, and so you'll often hear people that'll say something like, uh, you know, you need to talk to my brother, Joe, he's having a hard time with that. Right. Mm. And, and again, that's where a lead or a referral is created, but those opportunities are missed when people don't have a better answer to that question. So the best thing I could really tell, you know, both you and your listeners to, to help them with this is that there's three things they've really got to figure out. And that becomes the core of a very powerful marketing message. So the three things they need to figure out is number one, who they're working with. Uh, number two, what that person's problem is. And then number three, how they're going to solve that problem. If they can quickly and effectively answer those three things, that becomes the core of a very powerful marketing message. Uh, in fact, another story just to kind of resonate with, uh, you know, saying that your, your father uh, worked in a painting business, right? Mm -hmm. I had a, a customer of mine, they were a painting company. So they had hired me to come do some marketing consulting for them. One of the challenges they faced is that they were a large painting company. They had several different crews. They had an office space. Uh, you know, they had a fair amount of overhead. It wasn't just a one man show. And so when they would go in and do an estimate, they were usually one of the highest bids. I mean, they were one of the highest priced offers and, and that was a, a challenge for them. And so the way that I ended up helping them fix that problem was it's just about identifying what the problem is and showing people how you solve it. Because once that occurs, price is for the most part irrelevant. So the way that they started promoting their business was like this. They would say, um, you know, we work with uh, homeowners who want to repaint their home, but they're tired of dealing with flaky contractors. Our process ensures that you know exactly when we, when we show up. We're going to give you a written report of what we did every day. And we're going to tell you when we'll be back tomorrow. And if we don't do those things, then the paint job is free. Yeah, awesome. And so, you know, your typical contractor, usually they just show up when they want, you know, communication <laughs> is usually not their best skill. But when, when you would promote your, when they started promoting themselves that way, their, their sales shot through the roof because people realized why they were paying a little extra and they didn't care, right? Because it was more about the outcome that they were going to receive. So once they started being more specific about their business process, even though there's lots of competition in the painting world, they instantly started standing out because people's perception is that they're different. And so it's one of the fastest ways to really cut through that and start shining through and, and separating themselves from the competition. So it's just a matter of figuring out those three things, who they work with, what their problem is, and then how they solve it. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent advice, Kevin. And a thought that came to my mind too, uh, in that, in those three steps, who, who are you working with? Uh, another question you can ask yourself, if you, want to, if you don't want to go too broad and like you said, cast a wide net and catch nothing, another thing you can think about too is who do you want to work with? Who is your ideal client? So yeah, instead, and, and that way you can answer those other two questions more uh, definitively. Only really go for the clients that you want to work with, those that are easiest to work with. They're going to give you the type of work you want to do make the type of profit you want to make as well. Um, yeah. And I, I look, we all make that mistake, especially when we're first starting out in business. I've made it, I most probably still make it in, in some ways. Um, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better at not doing that. But especially when you first start out, because you're, you know, you're keen to get the business going and it, it's a common mistake. I think pretty much everyone makes it. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Now, one of the things you also share, Kevin, is I noticed on your website is that every business should stop asking for referrals. 
Now, that's something that is not commonly taught. I don't really hear many people saying, actually, I hear most people saying the opposite. So yep. why, why do you teach that? Because those other people are absolutely crazy. No. <laughs> so here, here's what I experienced, right? So, in, and again, this is all based on my experience in the real estate industry. So when they teach you to market to your past clients, to your friends, your family, the people who are most likely to give you a referral, in the real estate industry, the way they teach you to do that is you're supposed to call people up and, you know, have a little conversation just to, you know, build some, some rapport and relationship. But once that's done, the, the phrase they teach you to ask is, who, who do you think of that's, you know, who can you think of that's thinking about buying or selling right now? And that's what everybody trains you to do in the industry. So let's just role play this out and you're going to see exactly why it's horrible advice to ask for a referral. So, John, let's just imagine you're one of my past clients. You had a good experience. We're friends. You know, you had a, a great experience with me uh, in the real estate industry. And as your agent, I call you up and I say, hey, John, um, you know, who can you think of that, that's buying or selling right now that I can work with? Oh, uh, yeah. It's a friend of mine recently sold his place. So, you're a bit late. If you asked me like a month ago, <laughs> I would have been able to help you out, Kevin. But, yeah, look, I can't think of anyone right now. Okay. Now, first of all, here's the first question outside of the role play, right? Do you like it when I'm putting you on the spot like that and asking you for a name? Well, look, it, it does depend on the relationship that we have. Uh, sure. it, it, you came across, it wasn't, you know, pushy or anything. So it was okay. But yeah, sometimes when people approach me with that kind of thing, I do feel uncomfortable. I have had someone not long ago approach me and yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a very good experience. So, yeah. yeah, not a good experience. Right? And, and that's how most people would classify that. They hate being put on the spot, right? Mm -hmm. So the first problem is I created an uncomfortable environment. And, you know, especially if you're a friend, a family member, a past client, whatever that is, that relationship should be more important to me than getting a referral. Because if I take care of the relationship, the referrals just come as a result, right? Yep. And so number one, I'm damaging the relationship by putting you on the spot, asking you for a client or asking you for a referral, right? Mm -hmm. Now, here's problem number two. Let's say that you give me a name. You just say, yeah, you need to go talk to, to Jane Smith or whoever, right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So if you give me a name, here's the, my question to you. Did I receive a name or did I receive a referral? Uh, it's a, a name, I guess. Yeah, because here's the point, right? If, if we hung up that phone call and I immediately pick up the phone and call Jane, the person you just referred me to, Chances are, do they know who I am? No. Nope. Do they know what I do for work? Nope. No. And do they know why I'm calling? And do you know what we call that? Cold calling? That's a cold call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So not only did I, I ruin the relationship by putting you on the spot, but I did it at the expense of not even receiving what I wanted to receive. I didn't get a referral. I got a name. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, and this happens all the time in the industry, is people treat their, their contacts this way and, and people hate it. And so the next time they go to call them and somebody sees that phone number on the caller ID, they stop answering mm -hmm. or they see these people socially and all of a sudden <laughs> they're the outcast. Nobody wants to talk to them anymore. And, yeah. and so they're hurting and damaging these relationships that are extremely valuable, especially from a business perspective but they just haven't taken care of that relationship. And, and that's why they're not getting business. So every time I've ever seen people just constantly ask for referrals, 
all of a sudden nobody wants to talk to them anymore because they hate that experience. So that is why one of the first pieces of advice I ever give anybody is never ask for a referral again. There's a different way of doing it without putting people on the spot. Yeah. Uh, what, what is that way? If you don't mind sharing with no, us, you're I'm, fine. I'm, cause I'm curious to know. <laughs> so the biggest difference, I call it promoting a referral. Again, the, the experience mm-hmm. that people hate is being put on the spot, right? So yeah. again, imagine we're in that same phone call, but imagine I say this instead, you know, John, you probably can't think of anybody right now, but if you ever come across somebody that would benefit from my services, would you please let me know? I'd love to have more clients just like you. Excellent. Now, did you find that offensive? No, no, it's not offensive. And you're not asking me, you're not asking me for anything up front. So I don't have to give you a yes or a no. It's like, okay, sure. Happy to do that. Yeah. It creates a pleasant experience. Plus you're, you're just reminding them yeah, I do accept referrals, but I'm, I'm not asking you for one. I'm just letting you know that I take them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and there's also a little psychological play that's going on here. And it's that opening line of, you probably can't think of anybody right now. Because what is that really suggesting? You're, I'm not going to be, you're not expecting me to give you any names. Well, it actually suggests that you can think of somebody. In other words, Mm -hmm. let me say it differently. If I say, John, don't think of a shark. What's the first thing you think? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because you have to think of a shark to not think of one. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if I say you probably can't think of anybody right now, what am I really suggesting? I wonder if I can think of somebody right now. And it's funny. You'll have people that'll say that all the time. Well, it's funny you say that. I actually was thinking of somebody. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a very safe, comfortable way. And and here's the main point. One of the things I teach my customers all the time is the value of of relationships. If you want to continue marketing to your past clients, you have to take care of that, that relationship. Otherwise, you don't earn the right to go back and market to them the next time. See, if we have that kind, of a, uh, that kind of a communication where I haven't put you on the spot, what I'm really doing is earning the right to call you again the next time I call you. And because mm-hmm. it was a good experience, are you more likely to take that phone call if you can? Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about, right? So when people are just saying, who do you know? Who's, you know, who's thinking about buying or selling? When there's all that pressure like that, they just kill relationships and it just destroys their business. So that's why I always tell people that... <laughs> asking for a referral is one of the worst things that you can do in your business. You know, and, and as I, as I've been thinking about this and I mentioned at the beginning that you do specialize in real estate. However, the things that we're talking about can be applied to any business. Absolutely. And, and even to network marketers, because I know that's big in Utah. Yes. It's it's (laughs) big. Uh, I, I, Kevin and I were talking about it. I'm actually a, a member of the same church. I've actually served the two-year mission too. And, and in, in the Mormon church, there's, network marketing is huge. And <laughs> one of the things is that because of that, lots of people approach you about their business. And what Kevin's just shared there is fantastic for network marketers. And because that's the worst thing about being a network marketer is you can damage relationships with your family and friends. So that's a really good strategy you just shared with us. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Um, what I wanted to ask you too, Kevin, is about social media. So okay. social media has been massive as far as businesses wanting to jump on board and use social media to help them promote their business. Some businesses use it really well. Others ter- are terrible because they use it like they would a traditional sales medium sure. um, when it shouldn't be used that way because it's social media. What do you find keeps businesses from having more success on social media? 
the biggest thing that I've found is just that they have the wrong strategy. So let me explain. Um, and again, I'm, I'm sure I'm talking in real estate terms because that's probably, you know, 80, 90% of my clientele. Uh, and so that's what I see the most. But again, this is, <laughs> this is applicable really for any kind of uh, small business owner or entrepreneur. But the, the biggest problem with their strategy is the way that they approach Facebook. So what I see often is you've got somebody who's got this business and they start promoting it. And so it's this thought process of the way that I'm going to attract customers is I'm going to put out lots of great content. So I'm going to put out a lot of, uh, you know, funny quotes and, and inspirational quotes and these funny videos and, and these really helpful articles. And so they start posting all this stuff, right? The only experience that everyone I've ever talked to that has that strategy, the only results they get from it are they get a few likes, they get a few shares, they get a few comments. And in most cases, if you ask them what kind of business that generated for them, almost universally, the answer I hear is none. And so it's not really helping them really get new opportunities to find clients. Uh, and so that's the biggest problem that I see most people is uh, somehow, somewhere they've picked up this idea that if I post X number of times per day, that's the magic number where I start generating business. And, and you see people do it and then they wonder why they're not getting business. It's, and that's simply the nature of the strategy that they're using. The strategies that you help business with Kevin, you help them within two years, within 12 months, I think it was to double, to double their business. Correct. And, and you already mentioned some of the things, the ways you do that we've already talked yeah. about today. What advice do you give for those that are using social media? I mean, is there any specific things they should be doing that will help them to actually get leads? Yes. <laughs> be smarter. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So it really boils down to two things. And, and it, you really just have to understand the nature of Facebook. And then this will make all the sense in the world. One of the big mistakes I see a lot of people make on social media, again, it just comes back to their strategy. They get this thought process of, you know, on my business page, I want to have a thousand, 10,000, hundred thousand followers. And once I've got this huge audience, that's the way that I'm going to, you know, maximize this, this opportunity. And here's what a lot of people don't realize is that let's say you've got a, a page of a thousand people. I'll just use a thousand because it's easy to do math with. So if you've got a business page where a thousand people have liked the page, in other words, they're requesting that content from you. If you post, do you know what the average is of how many people will see that out of a thousand? From my own experience, yeah. I know it, it depends on what I'm posting. If it's just a text update versus an uh, image versus a video, it's different. But not a lot. Not a lot will see that, that post. Like sometimes less than 10%. Um, yeah, you're, you're spot actually, on. You're, yeah, most you're spot of the time. On. Yeah. So there's a range and, and, you know, HubSpot, they're a big online player. They've done lots of testing and statistics on this, but the range that they found, and, and, and it, it depends on what you're talking about, whether it's an image or a video or text or how many people are commenting and liking and sharing, all those things factor into the algorithm that Facebook uses. But the range of people that actually see it, and again, this is the crazy part, people that have requested your content, the range is two to 6%. Mm. Yeah. Meaning at best of a thousand followers, 60 people are going to see that. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. So, that's a good response, sadly. It, yeah. And so here's yeah. the crazy part for people that have the strategy of, I want to have this huge Facebook following. The truth of what's happening is 94% of their efforts are absolutely wasted. Yep. I mean, that's just the honest truth. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because the part of this that they're missing is Facebook is a, <laughs> they're a for-profit company. They're a publicly traded company, and which means they have shareholders that they have to generate profits for to keep them happy. And so Facebook, what is their, their form of business? How do they make money? Through the sponsored ads in the news feed. Yeah, it's right, through the right advertising. That's, yep. that's, that's their source of business is the advertising. So everything about Facebook is built on a model where if you want people to see it, you have to pay for it, including mm -hmm. people that have liked your own page. And that's yep. the part that people are missing, right? And so the, since the whole system is based on a, a model where people are, you have to pay to get the right people to see it, the craziest part is you've got these people that have it in their head that I'm going to do this for free and I'm going to build up this huge audience and, and I'm going to post all this awesome content. And honestly, the sad truth is, is 94, 95% of all their effort and everything that they're putting into it is time and money that's wasted. Yeah. The one thing that my customers are doing, so one of the things that I, I teach my customers and it's part of my system is I show them how to generate a minimum of 20 leads per week using nothing but Facebook. And so a lot of that process, in fact, 100% of that process is paid ads. So I'm having them advertise, you know, certain properties that are for sale or guides that people would find really valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, if, if I'm going after first time home buyers, right? What if I had a free guide, five ways to buy a home without a down payment? You know, would that be worth enough? You know, would that be valuable enough that they'd be willing to exchange their contact information for it? I think so. Pro definitely. Yeah, probably. And so that's the question that people really need to be asking themselves is what can I provide that is so valuable that people have to have it? And that is the best tool that they can use to generate leads on, on their website, on social media, on any of those platforms. So it, it's the question of what is it, what's the value that they're giving somebody and then requiring them to, you know, if, if you're using internet technology terms, it's opting in. But if people aren't familiar with that term, it just means they're providing their contact information in exchange for something for free. And that's one of the, the best ways I've found. And that's what I'm teaching my customers to do is how to generate those leads on Facebook using that strategy. So really the funny thing is, is if people go look at my Facebook page, they're going to be really unimpressed because I think I have 60 some followers or something like that. <laughs> but that's the whole point is I don't care how many followers I yeah. have because I'm going to advertise. That's how I'm going to get the people to see what I want them to see. And that's the way that I'm making a profit from it. Yeah, and I was I was actually going over some training yesterday, and I can't remember who said I think it might have been Dan Kennedy, who's a very well known marketer, yep. one of one of the best copywriters and marketers. And he said, if you do, if you can't profitably advertise, you don't have a business. So if you're relying on referrals or social media free social media strategies, it's not a business because you can't scale it. You can't create clients and business on demand. And what you said too about the free Facebook following type strategy is absolutely true. So I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned those statistics because I found, I found that to be true. You ask anyone, unless they're really, you know, you're going to have a really magnetic personality and be really spot on with your, really active with your social media to have a more responsive following than the sure. statistics that you've mentioned. So it is possible, but it's like a full-time business of itself. If you wanted to go down that road, you can't just post content, you know, every, you know even daily, weekly, whatever, and, and expect to get a large free, fo a free following and to get um, traction from that and clients from that. It's not going to work. I really appreciate everything you shared with us today, Kevin. It's been really, really valuable and helpful. Sure. I know for myself, 
definitely I know for a lot of people are listening. I just wanted to ask you if you can, because you've already shared, you know, some real life success stories that you had. Is there any other ones that you that come to mind that you can share with us, businesses that you've come on board and worked with and helped them achieve great results? Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so just uh, a couple stories. So just a new client that I took on last week, his first Facebook campaign, uh, I think he misunderstood me because I told him he was we were going to work on generating 20 plus leads a week. And he misunderstood me. So in the last four days, he's up to, I think the number's 46. <laughs> so it's okay when people misunderstand me that way. Um, <laughs> That's good. But, you know, for a lot of the people listening, I mean, think about what that really means. For me, my definition of a lead is somebody who's willingly providing their contact information saying, yes, I want what you have. Please contact me. So for most, most of your listeners, I mean, imagine what that's like. If you've got 40 people who are raising their hands saying, yes, please contact and, me. And, sorry, and, and we're talking to Kevin, aren't we? Targeted people. Not Absolutely. Just, not just people that are, you know, uh, are not related. So the offers that we're presenting in this advertising is specifically to our target market. So these are qualified leads. Absolutely. And so the great point, but that's the whole idea. If I've got 40 targeted people raising their hands saying, yes, I'm interested in, in what you have to offer. <laughs> think about what a game changer that is for most businesses. I mean, to mm -hmm. say, here's 40 people that, that you'd like to talk to. And, and the crazy thing is, is, you know, people are saying, people were probably wondering, well, well, Kevin, how much advertising are they doing to get that result? My typical customer will have a, a daily budget of 10 to $20 a day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that gives you a range of about what three to six hundred dollars a month that they're spending in advertising, and that's the kind of result that they're getting. Yeah. Another client of mine, she uh, so she spent seventy, I think it was seventy-two dollars in ads, and she got three real estate transactions from those from those uh, <laughs> from those leads, wow. and uh, that was worth about twenty thousand dollars in commissions to her for seventy dollars spent. So. There's ways, one of the great things about Facebook, like you were talking about, is it's so easy to target the people that you really want because people are, up, are voluntarily uploading everything about their lives. They're telling you what TV shows they like and, and what movies they like and how many kids they have and their relationship status and what food they're eating. And I mean, they're sharing all this so freely that it's, it's one of the most powerful marketing tools that exists. And, and when it frustrates me and makes me sad when, <laughs> when people are putting in all this effort and they're posting and, and it's just the wrong strategy is their only problem. And they're not getting the results from this really powerful marketing tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks. Thanks so much again, Kevin. Look, I really appreciate having, having had you on the show today and everything you shared. Is there any sure. final thoughts that you had for us? Yeah, again, what I would tell people, especially just from a marketing perspective, um, the, the two biggest reasons that people fail with their marketing is number one, they're way too vague because again, it's just this thought process of I want to be everything for everybody. So I, I think if, if your listeners, if all they did, you know, if we're talking about actionable items that they can walk away from this and start implementing right now is number one, if they start reviewing their, their marketing and identifying how can I be more specific, how can I be more tangible in, in what I'm doing? That would, that would provide them results two, three, ten times over in some cases just because they're able to, to more succinctly and clearly describe to their potential customers what they actually do. So that would be the first one is I would tell them to avoid being vague. The second thing I would tell them, and, and this is the other big mistake people make, is their marketing in almost all cases is about them. 
it's this thought process of the way I'm going to convince you to do business with me is I'm going to tell you how awesome I am. And so it usually looks or sounds something like this. Uh, we have the lowest prices. Um, I have the best service. Been in business for 500,000 years. We're, we're full service. We do everything. We're a family-owned company. I mean, you'll, you'll hear and see a lot of different ways, but all of these messages have nothing to do with the potential customer. Truthfully, they hear it. And what's going on in their head is, I don't care. That's not about me. And so the other major takeaway <clears throat> that people can use and start being effective right away is start, you know, start crafting your marketing message where it's about your potential customer rather than you. So like, for example, I get agents that say all the time, Kevin, well, I've been in the business 30 years. That matters. Well, it does matter, but they don't care how long you've been in the business. What the 30 years does matter is based on that experience, what what pitfalls can you help them avoid, right? Um, are you able to help them get a higher sales price because of that experience? Are you able mm -hmm. to make the transaction smoother or faster or more profitable or whatever that means? See, that's the marketing message. It's not that you've been in business 30 years. They don't care about that, right? Yeah. And so if people just started reviewing their messaging and asking the question, is this about me or is this about them? And anything they did to make their message more about their potential customer would ultimately make them more successful as well. Yeah, excellent advice. Uh, I, I want to let everyone know too, so if, if you've liked what you've learned from Kevin and possibly want to learn more because I've, I've been on your website, Kevin, and you actually offer a free download, especially uh -huh. for real estate agents, to help them with their uh, advertising and getting more leads. So, so you can hop, hop on over to Kevin's website. It's to the number two, to qleadgenerationstrategies.com. So head on over there. You can get in touch with Kevin. So Kevin's got his number there. He's, you can contact him. He's got his uh, email address. And again, you can go to the website to, to download a free campaign to help you with your advertising. And that's the best way to get in contact with you, Kevin. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all my contact information, everything's there. So yeah, they can get in contact with me and that's perfect. Yeah, and that guy that, uh, that you're talking about, it's, it's called How to Generate 20 Plus Leads Per Week on Facebook. And what it is, is it's literally a guide that they can download, copy and paste and start using right away. Awesome, excellent. Yep. So again, thanks so much, Kevin. I really appreciate you being here with us today and everything you shared. And I wanna thank also everyone that's listening. Thank you for being here with us also. Hey, John Lagodakis here. If you got something out of today's podcast episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm doing more of these valuable interviews. Also, share it with your friends. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, you can do so anytime through my website, johnlegadakis.com. There's also a lot of great free resources there to help you to get more traffic and leads for your business. This is John Legadakis signing off. I'll see you all next time.